Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Totters and his name is Aaron McIntyre. Who knows? Maybe at some point over the next couple of hours or, or however long we are permitted this microphone, we might get to know your name a time or two. Um, we have uh, an eventful day lined up, given the events of yesterday, for sure. Uh, let me start off, though, by reminding you that our movie, Nefarious, is out on streaming right now. And our, our first week of streaming, I'm, I am, I, I'm not permitted to divulge the full details yet because we don't have them, but uh, let, I'll, I'll tell you, it was, it was extremely successful. We are all very pleased with what we saw and uh, the odds that uh, we will get to pay back our investors are higher than they were two weeks ago. I, I don't know how much higher. You know, but they're certainly higher for sure. So there's a little bounce in my step where that is concerned. And the film is deserving of it. I can't tell you just how how much feedback I continue to get in my email, on Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook, etc. From people who are seeing the film again or seeing it for the first time. Uh, you don't want to miss out. Uh, streaming right now over on Salem Now, Amazon Prime, uh, Google slash YouTube, Apple slash iTunes, Vudu, Roku, and more. Uh, the movie Nefarious, based on my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, inspired really by that book, and the masterful acting performance of Sean Patrick Flannery. You know, at some point, I've been there have been a lot of requests for us to do a show breaking the movie down and what the scenes mean and, and those sorts of things, and we're going to do that. I've, I've, I, I'm waiting, though. I don't want to just, you know, spoil it totally. Um, so I, I was thinking maybe more around like the DVD release yeah. later this summer is maybe the time to do that for sure. Cause there's been a lot of requests for that. A lot of emails. Hey, what did this mean? What does that mean? Yeah. You know, there's still a lot of people that are seeing the movie for the first time and I don't want to take that experience away from them because the movie is extremely layered. Uh, and, 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 and I'm not just saying this because I'll make money if you do it. Although that's part of it being honest. Uh, but it is a movie that you have to see a couple of times. To fully grasp. I mean, I, I had to see it several times to fully grasp it. And I knew it was coming. So uh, Nefarious is out now. So many kind words for the film. Thank you very much. We appreciate them all. And uh, I know especially our actors, uh, Jordan Belfi and Sean Patrick Flannery, both of them took a risk being in, move, in a movie with this worldview and getting blacklisted and, uh, uh, and put on magnum opus performances. And so thank you very much for all the kind words for them, too. All right, coming up on the show today, we will have the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. We'll play buy, sell, or hold. But let us get started, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by arraignment number two. Donald Trump was arraigned in Miami yesterday in the aftermath of indictment number two over his alleged mishandling of classified documents. Trump spoke at Bedminster, New Jersey last night. If the communists get away with this, it won't stop with me. They will not hesitate to ramp up their persecution of Christians, pro-life activists, parents attending school board meetings, and even future Republican candidates, which they do. We must end it permanently, and we must end it immediately. Now that the seal, so important, is broken, the seal is broken by what they've done. They should never have done this. This was an unwritten rule. You just don't. Unless it's really bad. 
But you just don't. But the seal is now broken. Moving on, according to a report at Real Clear Politics, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been working on plans for months on ways to bring the Department of Justice and the FBI to heel if he were president. The report says DeSantis has been meeting with advisors and people like Congressman Thomas Massey and wants to fire large swaths of the DOJ and FBI, reorganize their structures and move entire agencies out of Washington, D.C. A new CBS News poll of Republican voters find 28% are only considering Trump in the GOP primary, 48% are considering Trump and other candidates, 24% are not considering Trump at all. Outgoing CDC Director Rochelle Walensky was grilled by a House panel yesterday and made this admission regarding how the CDC tracks, or doesn't, hospitalizations from the COVID jabs. You mentioned during the opening statements, uh, you said, uh, or actually during the open question, you said uh, that we didn't get information on vaccinated hospitalizations, which surprised me. I thought we did have some of that. Uh, I imagine that also carried over to ICU visits and probably deaths, too, because we don't have that. Just to be clear, we don't have that at a national level. We at CDC collect data in cohorts so that we can follow that for vaccine effectiveness studies. But at a national level, we get hospitalization data, we get hospitalization for COVID data. But at a national level, we have never been able to get hospitalization, vaccination, and COVID. Yeah, so that, that, that worries me because it seems to skew the data. And I see you nod your head. Yes, I agree. Well, the voice you heard questioning Walensky is that of Georgia Congressman Dr. Richard McCormick. In completely unrelated news, a new study published at JAMA shows a direct correlation between increased risk of myocarditis in young men in the seven days following COVID jab number two. As some have pointed out, this study indicates an over 13,000 times greater risk of myocarditis in young men who have taken the COVID jab and a booster. This story is good news, and the fact it's good news shows you just how far down the rabbit hole we've gone, but it's here nonetheless. A new survey from PRRI shows the share of Gen Z who believe there are only two genders has risen by 14 points in just the last two years. And finally, some more good news. Did the American comeback start at this middle school? Displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students showing pride were intimidated. It was an un Unruly disruption, in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's... That's offensive to, to me, who I am straight. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. It is grilling season, and few things go better with a, with a good steak than a, a nice glass of red wine. Todd thinks everything goes, uh, a glass of red wine goes good with pretty much everything, especially these red wines. We all have tried them. We've all sampled them. We've all loved them. Todd is particularly enamored with them. And find out why for yourself. They've got an outstanding deal. If you visit BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve, you'll not only get the wine for over 50% off, plus free shipping on imported wine. 
So they come in packs of three. You'll not only get the wine for 50% off plus free shipping, you'll also get a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So now you're getting four bottles for the price of three that are already half off and the shipping is free. You cannot do better than that deal from these vineyards deep in the Andes Mountains, about 9,000 feet of altitude from families going on a second century of doing this the old-fashioned way, not the new factory way. So if you want to sample them today, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve, B-O-N-N-E-R. B-O-N-N-E-R, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve is where you want to go today. Let's have a very quick conversation about the study on Gen Z. Do you think... Is this a mixed bag, Aaron, in that do you think Gen Z is separating gender from sex? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so, therefore, there's only men and women, but within those men and women, I could be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I could. So instead of 57 genders, I have 57 attractions. Yep. Is, is that what you think could be happening there? I think so. All right. But. At, at least on some level, it does show that the narrative, or I should say the premise around this narrative is unraveling to some degree. It's at least showing that. Fair? Yeah. I mean, if, 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 you're, all, if, you're, making, if you're drawing that distinction, then you've already given up their premise. And now you're actually starting to argue our premise. And those distinctions won't hold up against our premise. The reason you've had to adopt their premise is because... That's the only way you get the kinds of distinctions that we were just discussing. If you can get them on some level to acknowledge that is absolutely true, mm-hmm. that's a start. I agree. That's that's the start of them having to, because now we're on, the argument's yeah. not over, no. but we're arguing oh, our down. premise. Yes. So I like the odds if we're arguing our premise. I mean, that's that goes back, you know, 10 years to rules for patriots. Never... Uh, except the premise of your opponent's argument. Whoever's premise is accepted wins the argument every time. It's just a matter of at what point does that victory come into play. It may take years. It may take generations. Correct. But yes. Correct. Yes. All right. Um, I want to discuss the CBS poll. No, actually, no. First, I want to discuss the JAMA study. That. Did you see the? Did you see that this was only through 2021? Yeah. Yep. That's only through 2021. When there was some initial evidence at first, there was some level of efficacy um, against the original strain of the virus in late winter, spring of 2021, when we first did the rollout. Which would, because this this has always been a risk-reward ratio, the whole time it has been. I mean, you go back to early, early 21 on our show, and... I was saying at the time, I, you know, we're still trying to end lockdowns and masks and everything else and, get, and, and not criminalize breathing. You know, let's, let's see what happens with the rollout of the vaccines. They should start with the people who need it, elderly, people with uh, pre-existing conditions, and we'll see whether it works in real time. Those were the things we were saying back in February, March, April of 2021 on the show. And up against the original strain... It showed some efficacy because this is a risk reward ratio. You were always going to risk if you were going to take this substance, this genetic serum, you were always going to risk the experimental aspect of it. Well, let me rephrase that. Um, As I started saying in September of 21, 
everybody was was risking an experiment. You were risking either the being exposed to the experiment of the genetic serum or risking the exposure of of, uh, the experiment uh, that they created with their own virus. There's a there's a sub stack and I tweeted it out, uh, shared it yesterday that our CEO Tyler sent to me yesterday. Did you guys see this? And about uh, more evidence of, of COVID being created in a Chinese lab uh, and that uh, Chinese Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology workers were falling ill in yeah. November of 2019. Okay. Because of this. And there's a curious paragraph and I, I, in fact, let me, I, I took a photo of it. So when I retweeted uh, when I retweeted Tyler's um, uh, mention of that piece and recommended it, I included a photo of this paragraph. Let me call it up because I have I shared it. I, sa- I saved it on my phone. Listen to this paragraph in this report. Okay, quote: It is unclear who in the U.S. government had access to the intelligence about the sick Wuhan Institute of Virology workers, how long they had it, and why it was not shared with the public. Quote. You would expect the country of origin, China, to be the ones on the defensive. But you wouldn't expect a country receiving the virus to be withholding key evidence. That's the money paragraph there to me. That's a long piece, but that's the money paragraph. Why? Because what I, what I sense they are doing in this piece with that paragraph is, Todd, what you and I did with the chapter on the Wuhan lab in Fauci and Bargain. There were just certain things we either didn't know or there's no way the book would get published if we said. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of left this trail of breadcrumbs of what we suspected was the case, right? We didn't connect any dots or anything like that, but if you go to the tri- the, the, ch- the, the chapter on the Wuhan lab uh, and you were, go to, you were to go back and read it now when we published that book, what was it, uh, around the 1st of March, I think it was, mid-March 2021, if you were to go back and read that now, it all essentially everything in it would be confirmed. But it was still on outside the Overton window, and we couldn't prove it yet ourselves, so we left a lot of breadcrumbs in how we structured that chapter. We probably spent more time writing and editing that chapter than any other portion of the entire book. I sense a similar breadcrumb being left here. Why would the United States not be interested? You would think you'd a chance to pin this on our, our, the lone power in the world that can challenge us militarily, socioeconomically. My, good, my goodness, this is a gift, right? Why not accept it? Because your own scientists were over there helping them create it. And your own people like Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and the grants that they wrote and the people they wrote those grants to, um, it might be a Chinese-made gun, but their prints are on the weapon. Know what I'm saying? Takes a village, Steve. It does take a village to nearly end human civilization. Yes. So we were all taking, we were all an experiment. We were either going to take a, a, a risk with the experimental virus they created or risk with the experimental genetic serum that they created. Everything was a risk. And so there's this risk ratio. Which group are you in? What's the level of efficacy? And so this was a risk ratio question until about August when um, Delta variant showed up. And then the efficacy of this vaccine totally collapsed. And again, I remind you, on August 6th, I, I, I cannot believe no one on Capitol Hill brought this up yesterday while questioning. Sure her. you can. On August 6, 2021, August 6th, Rochelle Walensky went on CNN and admitted to Wolf Blitzer that the vaccines no longer with Delta variant are no longer 
efficacious in preventing the vaccinated from either getting COVID or spreading it. And then a month later, almost to the day on September 7th is when Joe Biden issued his wicked, immoral, demonic vaccine mandate that he never had the constitutional power to to issue. So now with that in mind, we go to this JAMA study, which would, which JAMA is about as regime compliant as it possibly gets. It's woke medicine. It's a, it's, it's, it, it, it is the regime trademark for JAMA to point out that even in 2021, when there was some limited efficacy at first to these genetic serums against the virus, the young men and the and the young men in the in the study are between the ages of 12 and 24. In other words, right on the brink of puberty, and then right in the age group when they'd begin siring children. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Huh? Virus uniquely goes after people that. Yeah, weird. Right in a timetable when they are beginning to develop reproductive systems and then they would most fully use them from the same people that are concerned about overpopulation in the world. As Nefarious once said, probably just a coincidence. Young men, age 12 to 24. 96% of them required hospitalization in this study. 96%. I think it's 89 or 87% of them recovered, which means what happened to the other 13%? They did not. You know, it's very common. Young males age 12 to 24 to not recover from a cardiac condition. It's a common thing. We see it every day, except never. Here's what the study won't tell you, though. Even the, the even the the overwhelming majority who did that added tread on the tires of their hearts that otherwise would not be there at their age group, and they'll feel it later in life. So they may have recovered, and largely because of their age and overall youthfulness and health. But then, when they get up to the age that you and I are approaching, Todd, or later on, and even if they think they're in really good shape, and they're not jogging anymore with their kids. They suddenly feel a clench running around with their grandkids and they're feeling that clench at 52 instead of 62 or 62 instead of 72. The the fact that this substance did this to them at this point in life is why. And that's from that's from JAMA. Yet Mark Zuckerberg say the other day, well, I really regret how much censorship they're still doing it. Fakebook has an advisory on my page telling me my page is not recommendable. I went and looked at the reasons why they all have to do with what I've said on COVID. That's all true. Everything is true. That bull haircutted dweeb is a demonic fiend. Screw him. He's not sorry about anything. Hope he gets lost in the metaverse. Can't find his way out. Ninety-six percent of young males, twelve to twenty-four, had to be hospitalized with a heart condition after taking this jab, and that was in two thousand and twenty-one. I want to table that for a minute. 
and we'll come back to it later in the hour because it's going to feed into something I'm going to say later in the hour that people are not going to be happy with. But I believe it's true. For now, let's pivot to the CBS poll. Number one, I have never seen a poll like this. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone who would, has ever been a force of nature and as polarizing of a figure as Donald Trump that you would even contemplate asking it. Like, you, even when you and I were growing up, maybe you hated Reagan. Maybe you didn't vote for him. No one said they like personally, viscerally disliked him. Same thing with Clinton. Maybe we thought he was a draft dodger. Maybe we thought he was a liar. Maybe we thought he inhaled. Maybe we thought he should have been impeached. But we would often say, you know, it does seem like he'd be a pretty cool guy to sit down and have a beer with and watch a ball game with, though, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of, of people who were at the, the pinnacle of their political exposure were personally disdained. That... Or, or devoted. They either created a, a personal level of disdain or devotion that this kind of question would be posited for. And I can't think of anybody, not even Obama. I mean, we get together, you get together with your family members who maybe uh, voted for him. And, you know, I get it. You know, inspirational figure. Remember when he showed up at the Duke, North Carolina basketball game? Mm -hmm. after he left the White House when Zion Nelson broke his shoe. Didn't he kind of look kind of cool, fit in with the crowd there, right? Okay. I mean, he used to turn in his NCAA tournament bracket on ESPN yeah. every year, shooting baskets on 60 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I get it. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I don't care that a communist can, you know, has a, has a good jump shot, but I, I can see why people with less discernment would, would fall for something like that. I can't think of any other figure that, that this kind of question would even be prompted i mean understand it's it's an extremely expensive pursuit polling these days getting people to respond especially with mobile phones and everything else it's it's the most expensive it has ever been and i i just i can't think of any figure in modern history in america that you would contemplate asking this question to i found so i so the the, the question itself i found interesting and unique i found the results surprising i i would have guessed if you guys would have told me hey they see someone did a poll of republican primary voters and asked how what's the percent of you percentage of you that are only willing to vote for trump and what's the percentage of you that are not willing to vote for him i would have guessed the percentage of people willing to vote for him would have been closer to 35 or only willing to vote for him would be closer to 35 and the percentage of people who would not consider voting for him in the primary no matter what would be more like 15. This was a lot closer than I expected it to be. A lot. Now that again assumes you think it's a true poll. And what's funny these days is the polls are true when they say what I want and then they're not when they don't. You know? I kind of like what is true whether the truth is what I want or not but I know that that makes me rather unique and um, in general, but particularly in the era in which we live, where lying to one another and about one another has never been more profitable uh, than it currently is right now. All right. So your guys' thoughts on that CBS poll. I think 
narratives and narrative windows being what they are i i don't know if this means and when do when was this taken, Steve? Because this is before. It's through. Ju- is it through June 9th or 10th, Aaron? I want to say. Let me see real quick. I think it's my, through June 9th or 10th. My point being, it doesn't take into account what we just let off the montage with the actual scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, do it now and see what happens, and then do it a week after that. I don't. I don't take anything away from this. Well, the elections are like that, right? I mean, if um, remember people, people forget. Uh, because of what a treacherous bastard he is. But people forget, like, the week before the election, James Comey sent this letter out of nowhere right. in 2016 saying they were reconsidering the investigation into Hillary's emails. That clearly played some role in the outcome I, 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 and, and why Hillary's mm-hmm. not president. What role? What, 1%, 20 50 I don't know. But we would all agree it played, it was, it's yeah. more than zero, right? Yeah. All right? If he never sends that note, does Donald Trump win three states by less than 78,000 votes? Maybe, maybe not, well, is, but the odds of it go down. So the timing of events clearly matters in general. You're right about that. Well, yes. Yeah, you're, ma- you're making my point. I agree. And, and I, pre- I'm furthering it. I agree. And the press learned from it, and now they simply manipulate events all the time. It's, this is, everything is a PSYOP. Every single day you wake up, you are part of one. Are we sure the PSYOP is only working one way? Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to talk more about that here in a moment. But Aaron, what do you think? So I... Uh... I think, again, it's June 14th. We are very, 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 very early. But it is pretty astounding, just giving CBS the benefit of the doubt, YouGov the benefit of the doubt, that I don't know if it deserves or not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. It is pretty astounding that within one party... I know. There is, there is almost equal never Trump to only Trump. Or... I guess in this case, never Trump has been bastardized. Uh, not considering Trump to only Trump. That's, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, because we don't and, know what percentage of those people are saying they won't vote for him in a general if he's the correct, nominee. We're just correct. asking about in the, in the primary. GOP primary. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. Are, is that 24%? Do they have all their heads screwed on? Or is this 24% all like the David Frenches of the GOP? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think David French makes up twenty four percent of the GOP. But I, hope I, I think not. he makes a percentage of the twenty of that twenty four percent for sure. I mean, in, in in my view, there's only two candidates worthy of even considering at this point, and that's Trump and DeSantis. They're the only two that have proven on any level whatsoever they would they are any threat to the disruption of the current system in their own in their own ways, but via their records, um, you know, but. I, well, I, by the way, that, that poll that, was June seventh through the tenth. Through the tenth, okay, so through June tenth. But that point you just mentioned speaks to why the 25% never Trump is higher than you thought, because there's a lot of people that disagree with you and mm-hmm. think that a lot more people are viable. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean their motivations are correct, but I don't think you're in the majority on that one. All right. So if you guys are okay. Know, well, I'm with you, by the way, but I don't think I'm in the majority either. Yeah. I, I've long accepted I am not ever going to represent a majority. I'm I'm a believer in the in a, in a Lord that the world crucified. So I I won't I won't be in the majority until every knee bows and every tongue confesses upon the Lord's return. I'm I'm I've accepted that. Um, if anything, I'm I'm too comfortable at times being uh, on the outside and fail sometimes to take yes for an answer. Okay, but um, 
I, I saw some things last night that disturbed me. And I, I found them to be manipulative. I'm not sure that's intentional or not. But it, it kind of reminded me of the night of March 16th and everybody's reactions after the Imperial College survey came out. And all that emotion got rolling. And there was a very, very small group of us who said, let's take a time out and look at this logically. And who knows if we, who knows how many of those policies we'd still be under if that small group of us had never done that or how much, how much longer they would have gone on, how much worse they would have done. Just look at the JAMA study we just cited, for example. 96% of males 12 to 24 needed hospitalized with myocarditis and now have a pre-existing heart condition. What's the number one killer in America, by the way? Heart disease. How many of those 12 to 24-year-olds had no family history or pre-existing condition? And now they do. And then they will pass that pre-existing condition and history on to their children. I understand being emotional about what transpired yesterday. I found myself at times getting emotional about it. But I I think we need to take a step back and look at this just like on the night of March 16th with a wider angle lens and a little less emotionally and try to and, and and as objectively as we can. It's tough, but let's try it when we come back. Back here on the Steve Day Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. You can purify the air in your home, get clean, healthy, fresh smelling air that eliminates odors, kills mold, mildew, even some bacteria and viruses that are causing those things. It's not an air freshener. I mean, the air in your home will, will smell and feel fresher when you're done using it, it, but it's an air purifier, and it's called the thunderstorm because it purifies the air in your home, providing you with the pure, fresh air that you feel and smell and, and, and taste just after a thunderstorm. You can save $200 right now on the three-pack from Eden Pure for whole home protection, or maybe you've got a split level, so two levels of your home and the other in your garage or your office. Uh, that's a fraction of the cost of their competitors, and you'll get free shipping as well. These things are filterless, so you'll never be paying out of pocket to replace the filters or having to do that out of your own time and schedule either. Again, get the, the three-pack for under $200 plus free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. So remember the JAMA study that we just talked about? Yep. 13,200% higher likelihood of a, as a, that a 12 to 24 year old male would have myocarditis after taking the mRNA shots than if they never had. We continue to see record excess deaths. No one has an explanation or even bothers looking for one. 
the lockdowns in the United States produced the erasure of 10,000 small businesses, 10,000 of them. And the lockdowns in the United States were the greatest wealth transfer. You know, we all claim to be against communism and socialism these days. The lockdowns created the greatest wealth transfer in human history. Walmart and the big box stores were safe and essential and stayed open. Your small business, not safe and essential, and 10,000 of them were closed. And it, it seems like there's this rush and desire to forget this. I'm not going to forget until there is justice. And maybe in this life there never will be. Then, however long I have a platform and whatever size platform that happens to be, I'll be calling and clamoring for it until that platform ceases to exist. As recently as two weeks ago, I was in Boise, Idaho, and there was a line of people Tears in their eyes, lost their jobs, injured from what Operation Warp Speed wrought. And and what I saw when I when I got home from dinner last night reminded me what I saw on Twitter reminded me a lot of what Twitter looked like the, the month of March 16th, the night of March 16th, 2020. That there can only possibly be one potential outcome here. Only one possible potential response. Eh. Yeah. I'll be that guy. And I was. It might be true. It might be true. But I think some questions should be asked to make sure that it is, given the stakes here. So I want to ask some questions again. I want to make some points again. The entirety of the we must rally behind Trump argument after yesterday's example 666 of the Banana Republic, we are. It essentially is trying to turn this primary into an official coronation in light of the mounting legal troubles and persecution that Trump faces. The gambit really comes down to the following statement. This is really the gamble we're being asked to make. Now, no one, I don't, I didn't see anyone else other than me make this point. So maybe it's not a good point. I guess sometimes if you're the only one making a point, maybe you dumb, right? That's fair. So I could be wrong. Okay. But as, this is the best. See, I'm not, I'm not in favor of losing you as an audience. I'm in favor of failing you. And I think I fail you if I don't tell you what I really think and, and do everything I can with my limited mortal abilities to get to what is true. That's how I think I fail you. I mean, during COVID, I was deathly afraid I was going to give out information that was wrong and it would cost somebody their health or their life. I was, we were beyond meticulous checking, rechecking, triple, quadruple checking things. All right. I, I, if I worry about losing you, I won't say what I really think. I was on a panel with, with, when I was at Salem and they put us all up on a stage, Larry Elder, me. No, this is when Larry got announced, actually. Bill Bennett was retiring. So it was Bill Bennett, me, Hugh Hewitt, um, uh, Michael Medved, Mike Gallagher. And I remember Mike Gallagher said that he thought his job was to give the audience what it wanted. And I just said, I, I don't agree with that. My job is to tell the audience what I think is true and in the most entertaining and compelling way I can. Because the difference between populism and a mob is whether they're right. Right? 
Yeah. If they're wrong, it's, it's a mob. If you're wrong, you're the mob outside of Lot's house. If you're right, well, then we're populists. True. Yeah, I so, think that's so, good. All right, so to me, that's, that's the real difference between a mobocracy and populism is, well, are they right? Sometimes the audience might be wrong. That's democracy for you. Indeed, it is. So remove the emotion, and that's hard. Believe me, I, I, am, I am not the biggest Trump fan, never probably will be. Our personalities aren't a good match. I found myself even getting emotionally drawn in reading about them handcuffing him and everything else over 30 boxes of documents in a Mar-a-Lago bathroom. Meanwhile, that's 1% of the brown kids they're going to traffic at the border today, right? I, trust me, I get it. You won't, I have total empathy for, for the, the feeling. I had empathy for the feeling of on the night of March 16th, hey, this thing's going to, this virus is going to threaten our way of life. Let's do something. I had empathy for that too. Let's just take a break though and make sure we're not Custer. Custer also really believed in the rightness of his cause. Walked right into an ambush. Fair? Yeah. Let's make sure we're not doing that. So to me, this is really the question here. Will independent voters who have made it very clear the last three elections in a row that they don't like Trump, will they now suddenly see him as a martyr? This is the question. Frankly, our entire future over the next four years in electoral politics comes down to this question right here. This question right here. This is the largest voting block in the country. What do they think? Because if, if they don't suddenly now see Trump as a martyr, then you're looking at another four years of even more hell from demonic Democrats. And we're already hanging by a string. And all the getting high on our own supplies that we're all doing right now is going to feel pretty meaningless later on. Ask yourself what you're going to think in, 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 in June of 2025 if Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, or Joe Biden's dementia are presidents again. And Donald Trump lost independence again. Yeah, he's probably under house arrest, which means he's playing golf at Mar-a-Lago. And your kids are getting castrated right in the classrooms. Ask yourself how you're going to feel then. There is zero, so far, there is zero hard data showing that independents, which again are by far the largest voting bloc in America, will view Trump this way. So to me, I think the primary actually has to continue on those grounds alone. Now that may change the more heavy-handed Democrats become. It could absolutely happen. Frankly, I would love it if it did. I was, I was beyond crushed Man, I showed up, I went to Dallas for election night on the blaze, had my Tiger Woods red shirt, had, had, had the tubbo corn ordered in for a prop, and I thought we were just going to sit back and watch the red wedding. Good Lord, we didn't. Okay. Thought for sure all those beloved independents would finally say, this has gone too far. Did they? No. No, they didn't. Maybe this time they will. I would love it if they did. I, I would love. See, I don't care about DeSantis, Trump, the name. You don't name I care about Dace, Amy, Anastasia, Zoe, Noah. Those are the names I care about. Erzins, McIntyres. I'm responsible for their incomes. They're responsible for provision and protection of their families. I care about those names, as you should care about 
yours and the people that you're responsible for more than any other names. Even before I'm America first, I'm days first. Family first. So, great. Over the next 30 days, if we see a massive swing of independents that are like, yeah, what's happening to Trump is unfair. I mean, I still think we need to move on on a personal level, need to move on generationally. DeSantis is still personally more my cup of tea. But you know what I like more than anything else? Winning. So let's win. I like winning. And I'll talk to Ron DeSantis again about 2028 here in a few years. Fair? Yeah. But do we have any of that data right now? No, we don't. And until we do, frankly, there are too many variables. We couldn't possibly game theory. For example, do you guys even know? Many of you probably don't even know. Under Florida law, Trump has to have a trial within 70 days of yesterday. That's Florida law. Now, I assume his attorneys are going to try to delay and stretch this out so that he can get elected maybe and pardon himself. You think the judge that had went ahead and approved the piercing of attorney-client privilege uh, in order to uh, get Trump indicted. Do you think that judge is going to agree to their continuances? Do you think their delay tactics? No. Probably not. Just probably not. Probably think if you're a judge who didn't care about attorney-client privilege, you might not care all that much about, you know, lining up with Trump's campaign schedule. That would be a variable. Like, 70 days from now is late August. Like, the Tuesday after Labor Day, Trump taken out in chains, in prison. That That's a variable really hard to game theory around like is, can he even get on a ballot right okay that's what i mean by a lot of variables hey trump's not at the debate tonight he's in san quentin that that's a variable variable indeed variable yeah too many of them to think emotionally and as bad as what they're doing to trump is the rest of us aren't billionaires looking at house arrest within a posh resort when they try to do it to us say that to rem- go find all the hundreds of trump voters who aren't even being accused of committing violent acts who have been indefinitely detained in the dc gulag they didn't get house arrest at a at a at a casino or at a hotel or a resort we need more assurances we can rally behind someone who can legit win And as proven, they will legit wield the power necessary to defend our way of life at this pivotal time. Anything else, frankly, we're grifters, either intentionally, and there are people intentional grifters. There are names, people, you didn't even know who these people were three, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago, who now have like massive followings. They came out of nowhere. They didn't like work their way up. They just spontaneously emerged. Be very suspicious of those people manipulating you because that's what they're doing. Trump is their meal ticket. We all have a meal ticket. We all do. My meal ticket was my investors. That's who got me here. And so my meal ticket is I want to reward their investment in me. We all have a meal ticket. But there is a group of people that Trump is their meal ticket. That's why everything is, every outcome possible points to Trump. He's their meal ticket. And nobody, we didn't know who these people were before Trump. And I don't, they may not have a plan B of what they're going to do with their lives after he's gone. One way or the other. Think for yourself here. Look at your own family. Because we can also effectively become grifters once the smoke clears in November of 2024 and all the positive ratios that we are pleasuring ourselves to here now, they won't console us one iota then. The Japanese were out for vengeance too, so in their conviction they launched what were called kamikaze missions. We responded by dropping atom bombs, and suddenly all the vengeance in the world was pretty null and void. The spirit of the age drops atom bombs, 
we must respond with something more than a kamikaze mission on behalf of a billionaire who, lest we forget, helped them lock us all down. He is responsible for at least some of the 10,000 small businesses that were erased and are never coming back. Not to mention, he handed them a check for an even worse atom bomb via a syringe. He is somewhat responsible for the, all those young men in the study from JAMA that we just pointed out. And every time we offer him an out, like was just asked in Iowa a week and a half ago, he never takes it and doubles down and triples down. You cannot have an inverse with relationship with any politician where you care more about them than they care about you. It's not that I don't understand he is being screwed. He is. But I'm making the very pragmatic argument so many of you have urged me to deploy in the past. If I thought or when I think that this martyrdom argument can get us across the finish line to winning, then I will and would be fully on board. But so far, there is no data to suggest that it will. And I need to care about my family, frankly, more than the Trump family, if you don't mind. This isn't popular to say. It will make people I like and respect angry with me. I understand that. I accept full responsibility, come what may. But my kids... Who are, all at the, who are all at or on the brink of adulthood and their futures must come first. I need more assurance I am not sentencing them and thus my grandchildren to come to four more years of democrat hell just for clicks and esprit de corps now. I need more. Now, right now, Ron DeSantis polls better with independence in every survey that's been taken. On the other hand, talking about variables that could change, if, if, if the first time they get up on a stage together and Donald Trump runs Ron DeSantis over, this thing's over right then. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter that on June 14th, like you were just saying about timing, Todd, yeah. it doesn't matter that on June 14th, Ron DeSantis polls better than Donald Trump with independence in every survey ever, ever done. Right. If, if, if on whatever date in August is that first debate in Milwaukee, right. if, I mean, if he gets completely just cold smoked by Trump, then that's a variable. And since I already told you earlier, I think there's only two candidates right now worthy of voting for Trump and DeSantis. And if one of them wipes the other one out, then guess what my new position will be based on new, the new data, the new information we have. All right, we got to figure out how to make this work. That's the only disruption possibility we have. And so now it's about how do we change some damn independent minds so that we don't lose this next election. Let it, here's all I'm saying. Let it play out. Let it play out a little more. There are a lot of variables here before we decide to watch our futures end. We are literally hanging by a string as a civilization here. I know that we don't have much time but we need to take a little bit of time to make sure that we don't become the reason we're out of time, that we didn't make a mistake in our haste and emotion here. Just let it play out. He's got to have a trial by law in 70 days in Florida. We'll have had a debate by then. And Trump may have, may, may absolutely just clean Ron DeSantis's clock. And at that point, then it's obvious the ground has shifted, right? Or maybe the other thing happens the other way. And then you're more like, oh, well, maybe we don't have to take on this baggage anymore. So I, I put your families first. Don't love a politician more than you do yourself or your own kids, no matter who they are, especially when they don't return that affection. There's a lot of stuff on political Twitter about what we must do to defend Donald Trump. Very little about what he has to do for us. And what's the difference between vengeance and justice? If we were really about justice, then we would ask for Trump to come correct about what happened to all those small businesses with his lockdowns, all those teens that have psychological problems, and, with the po and all the poisonings of his jab. But we don't do that. We just tell Trump that we're here for you. 
No. He serves us. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. Two, let's liven things up a little bit. We'll get to buy, sell, or hold here in a moment. First, let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me uh, on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. If you are a podcast listener, thank you so very much. Please leave us a five-star review, and that's if you like us, of course. If you don't, don't lie. If you kind of like us, though, totally exaggerate, please. Uh, and then also, uh, you can hit subscribe or follow if you are listening on iTunes. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one, as we appreciate our friends over at My Patriot Supply. If you kind of feel like, um, well, things are hanging by a string, as I just said. That's why you want to make sure you make a smart investment right now in your family's food security. You never know when the next Let's Go Brandon or emergency may strike. So when that happens, you need emergency food in full supply. That's why I urge you to grab the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest food preparedness company. You're going to save $200 on each kit, not the bill. Bigger savings. $200 on each kit that you order for three months. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks, snacks. The full complement of the 2,000 plus calories that you need per day when you go to preparewithdace.com. That's preparewithdace.com. Head there now. Fast. You'll get it fast and free shipping. And free shipping at preparewithdace.com. At the bottom of the hour, the return of the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. But until then, it is time for you now to take the wheel with buy, sell, or hold. That's right, folks. This is your opportunity. You come up with the topics. Todd and I will either buy it or sell it. Uh, if, if, however, at any point we choose to hold, we have violated the dude code, Todd. And you know what happens. Last night, Tucker Carlson in his uh, third, I love the fact, by the way, that he responded with, to a cease and desist letter yep. from Fox with just another Twitter rant. I love that. Love Abs- it. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and and it, he, he was talking about, on one hand, Trump could very well be the only candidate who could be president that actually doesn't on some level buy in to the forever war military industrial complex. On the other hand, he let a bunch of people into his administration who did just simply because they, they flattered him. They sucked up to him. They slobbered over him, and and he loves that. That was a sense that, that it kind of I kind of summed up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. Uh, there's more to it, and, and it was extremely well written, by the way. So I would urge you to go watch it for yourself. But those are really uh, the two huge takeaways that I got from it. So, and one of the names, and he mentioned names. He mentioned names. One of them was Lindsey Graham. So Todd, you know where this is going. I do. If you use your hold at any point in time, I will not. You need to. You need to recreate whatever level of slobbery Lindsey Graham uh, performed upon Donald Trump. No. You have to perform it upon Lindsey Graham. No. Here we go. We will begin with Mr. T, who has this. The movie Idiocracy was actually prophecy, Bye. which was mistakenly thought of as satire when it was released. Bye. Of course. One of the, Maybe the funniest movie that's ever been made. It is, it is in the conversation. And it is one of the smartest movies of, of modern times. It, it is a, 
in and of itself, it is a magnum opus. I mean, if, if Orwell had been born 50 years later and was a humorist, he would have made idiocracy. Uh, it's not for everybody, man. It doesn't pull any punches, and the language is certainly not safe for work. But it is, it is some of the greatest social commentary that mere mortals have conjured here in the West and in many a moon. Bye. Yes, of course. Next, Data Masks. The current media around extraterrestrials is a distraction and scam. If aliens could achieve interstellar travel, they would either be smart and stay away Prime Directive style or would just invade and take over like the Borg. Bye. I, I think this is really smart, too. I'll buy. Like, what would be... Because what you're essentially saying, and who was that? I want to make sure I give him credit. Data what? Masked. Data Masked. What you're essentially saying is, if you had this level of advancement... Then, then either you would view yourself, he's referencing the Star Trek Prime Directive, right? Yeah. You, would, you, would, you would view yourself as a, uh, the more advanced species who therefore has a responsibility not to tinker or tamper with a still developing species. Because, you know, you could end up, you know, being the cow that kicked over Miss O'Leary's lantern, right? Okay. Or you're a conquista. You're like, then, you know, because we are the superior species... We'll take your carbon and and but, your elements and your water for ourselves. Thank you very much. But somehow you just keep tripping into the trailer yes, park. Yes, and somehow you're just like, you're just perpetually observing. Perpetually. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good take. I'll buy. I like it. What if we're like a zoo and we, you know. <laughs> now that's good too. Visited. We're the zoo and they, they bring their just, kids here. They're just rubbernecking. Yes, yeah. that's, that's funny. That, that's also a philosophical statement. That's nice. Sean Griffiths, political uh, rap names or politician rap names, cognitive decline edition. John Fetterman is, is 50 cents edition. short of a dollar. Oh. Braddock, Pennsylvania is where I was born and raised. Chasing dudes with my shotgun is how I spent my days. Stroking out, vaxxing, relaxing, all cool. When I lost my speech and started to drool, so I, I had one little stroke, no big deal. So I became a senator on Capitol Hill. Heel. I hate you, Sean. Sean, that's greatness. Diane Feinstein, Emperor uh, Palpatine, <laughs> or Stein. Top lyric, you can't stop me. I'm the realist geriatric. Decades in power, yo. I'm at a hat trick. I'm rolling around in my chair going real quick. Don't know what's what. I'm psychiatric. That, Sean, you should, I, I, you should be recording these and putting them up. Joe, they would find an audience for sure. Joe Bidden, big guy Joe, four shards and seven puddings ago. <laughs> Our Four fart fathers. Four shirts. Fart fathers. Weeks ago is maybe the greatest line in the history of this show. Four shirts and seven printings ago. I'm dying inside. Our Four fart fathers. Shirts. Not fart fathers. You know the thing. What? It's supposed to be a rap. I don't know. Come on, man. Stumbles aimlessly. Four shirts and seven puddings. That is incredible. You should have done that one last. That is incredible, dude. That's David Letterman and, and his in his prime top ten list worthy stuff right there. Four shards and seven printings ago. Puddings. Puddings, I'm sorry. And seven puddings ago is incredible. That is incredible. I'm gonna be saying that all day. All day. Four shards and seven puddings ago. I that is that's incredible. That's incredible. Next up, we've got Gary Rasmussen Jr. Uh, we'll get more religious and start to course correct as the dollar falls from a reserve status, basically forcing a humbling. Uh, Sal. I mean, we're going to have to get more religious, but don't 
there there's like a mathematical like reasoning to what you just said that it's not yeah, no it's putting a coin in the vending machine yeah, and getting something out that's yeah. not how this is going to work i will buy though i'm I, i'm sympathetic with what you said i'll buy if he's intimating that this this event would cause the sort of economic hurt that would take away a lot of the things we still are able to take for granted and you know if you're listening to our our, our main man glenn beck who's responsible for why any of us have jobs here with his success that's been a working theory that he has had that that's a that, that for for a while now that that's a critical mass event the loss of the reserve currency status of the u.s dollar would be that kind of a critical mass event so if you buy into that and believe that then you're essentially saying it would take a cataclysmic event to to cause us to repent as a people and we all agree with that yes. right mm-hmm. it's just we may disagree but, what the cataclysmic event is so if your argument is that this could be the cataclysmic event then i will buy i'm not i don't know that it is i don't know if it will be but i'll buy on on the premise of of of, of that formula next we go to jammy burwell best adult beverages during summer number five wine spritzer um no I think I have to sell on that just on principle, right? It said spritzer. Yeah, I know. It said spritzer. Yeah, okay. So sell. And we're for a mule of some form. They're okay. I'm not. I've done Moscow mules. They're okay. I do it like once a year. Yeah, it's, they're okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not insulted. They're okay. I'll buy, but they're okay. It's fine. It's on the list. Yeah, you guys are going to kill me when I tell you what's missing from this list. And number three, and I deserve it. Number three, pina colada. I love pina coladas. I love, I, I mean, I get the pina colada, pina colada flavored uh, sparkling water at Walmart. Oh, I, I, you know, I got a sweet tooth. I love pina coladas. I'll buy. Yeah. No. Yep. Number two, mojito. Mojitos like, are outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, mojitos yeah. are good too. I, I love the mint mojito flavor of uh, the sparkling waters at Walmart as well. Of course you do. And uh, <laughs> number one, margarita. I like margarita. I'd have put pina, pina coladas would be higher for me than margaritas, but okay. Yeah, margaritas are good too. No, I recently that was a way too fruity list. Speaking of fruity, I something that's missing from this list is something that I discovered a few weeks ago. It's called a uh, a woo woo. Yeah, that already sounds like you're in trouble, brother. Yeah, it's cranberry juice, vodka, uh, peach schnapps, and uh, a few uh, a few drops of lime juice. It is outstanding oh. uh, man that was way less offensive than yeah. i was expecting the name, the name itself the name is, yeah. is very homosexual yeah. the, the, the name is very <laughs> problematic there is no doubt about that and i would consider uh most people would not know what not that a, is and just creating your own more masculine name and just giving it that okay yeah like calling it a bombastic or something and no one would know yeah. you know um but uh um, cranberry juice was the most manly juice no, on that entire list i'm usually five, not so. a, a fruity drink or uh candy type a guy but it is outstanding it is outstanding next tiny johnny says the true christian is convicted of their disobedience of god's commands but always affirms the truth of them the false christian denies the truth of god's commands and then relabels disobedience as a quote-unquote lifestyle choice this is very yeah. important this is very important like i want to i want to i want to point something out here as an ex- as an example and this Go is ahead. this is actually part of my logic of why i answered what i answered two times ago it's not simply impoverishment 
that is going to lead to humbling. The step in between is you have to realize that we're sinners. This yeah. is the work that has been done about... Uh, hell, my calculus has been wrong about moving out to COVID. I kind of had a... We, I think all of us had like a... You know, they're... they're it's a little safer out there. They're not the whack job. They don't have the big college educations to lose their minds. But the devil got them a different way. Their marriages are falling apart, as Aaron highlighted just to, I can't remember the context very recently, uh, are falling apart further than uh, the elites, the more liberals, and the upper echelons. It, it, the, the lack of money by itself yeah, you can is be, not just going to humble you and cause you can be materialistic yes. and poor now yes. is it harder to be materialistic and poor yes but hey if, if the humbling if the spiritual uh, repentance doesn't happen if the dollar right. loses reserve currency status and if that doesn't happen we're going to be arguing with uh, who has the better bugs to eat uh, yeah. for supper right exactly I'm gonna yeah I'm going to I, I think what can you put tiny Johnny's statement back up there? The true Christian is convicted of their disobedience of God's commands, but always affirms the truth of them. The false Christian denies the truth of God's commands and then and then uh, relabels disobedience as a lifestyle choice. I, I think this is very key. And I want you to leave that up there while I'm talking so people can see it, because we've already had maybe the funniest line in the history of this show. This might be one of the most brilliant exegesis in the history of, of, of buy, sell, or hold, if not anything we've ever done on the program. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a very direct comparison between myself and I'm going to name someone else as an example of what Tiny Johnny is talking about. I told you guys, because I, I, I try to be as open with you as I can, provided I'm not violating a third-party confidence. I've mentioned before on the show, a few years ago, my marriage went through a very, very difficult time. I did not think we were going to make it. Neither did Amy. She had already contacted an attorney. We even got to the point one night that we contemplated how we were going to tell the kids the next morning. And thankfully, it was actually when we got to that point that night that the Lord basically, in the middle of the night, stopped us from making the mistake we were about to make. While going through this, both of us behaved in ways and did things that we thought were justified that we're not proud of now. While trying to work our way through this, both of us did things and behaved in ways that in our flesh we, we thought we could justify, but spiritually we knew we were wrong. At the same time, we kept going to church often together. And eventually that conviction took hold and put us back on the narrow path. And we would be living embodiments of what he's talking about. The first part of what he said, the true Christian is convicted of their disobedience of God's commands, but then will always affirm the truth of them. Like, like, we didn't suddenly think that God thought divorce was great because we were contemplating it as an example. In fact, we, we even discussed, how am I going to explain this to my audience? Let alone, let alone our own children. We knew it wasn't ideal. We, we, we didn't rationalize it. We just thought that we had dug ourselves too big of a hole for us to possibly come out of on our own. And we had. God had to bring us out of the hole. 
And then when you come to that conclusion that you're in that big of a hole and you can't possibly get out, then you'll start justifying all kinds of actions. You'll start, well, I'm here already. Might as well make the best of it, rationalize it. And I knew in my spirit that, that it was wrong, but my flesh felt justified because of the hole we were in. That's Romans 7. The good I want to do, I don't. The evil I don't want to do, I do. What a wretch am I who will save me from this? God saved us from it. Then there's somebody like Rick Grinnell, who right now is, is essentially running the political operation for Trump at Mar-a-Lago, by all accounts. He served him very capably. Was it, was it I think, was it DNI, DNI Department of National Intelligence? He was very like good that. at his job. Don't deny that at all. But, but Rick Grinnell has took it upon himself to become some kind of homosexual enforcer. Uh, he will confront, no, he hasn't tried it with me yet. It would not go well if he had. Um, but he has tried to confront people uh, on homosexuality and being more accepting of it. You look at his Twitter bio. I'm stronger after cancer. That's excellent. Glad you survived that. My dog runs my life. That's kind of true of Cap and R.B. Sean as well. <laughs> All right. But then it says, imperfect follower of Christ. And there's pictures of him here with, and I just tweeted one out, him with a pride flag, just like last week at Mar-a-Lago. Um, if, if, if you tried, he went after the Texas uh, Republican Party that was willing to say homosexuality is a sin and it's wrong. He is actively trying to get us to abandon what the Bible preaches on this topic. He is not simply saying I can't overcome my desires. I'm giving in to them. I understand if you don't agree with me, but there's a lot of other areas that we do agree on. Can we focus on those things? There are a lot of other areas that Rick Grinnell and I probably agree on. I'd be more than happy to focus on those things, except he wants to compel me to agree with him on an area I cannot possibly agree with him on because it would be a clear violation of the word of God. So in other words, when Amy and I were contemplating and actually behave, behaving shamefully. We hid that from you guys. Why? Because we were ashamed of it. <laughs> we knew it was wrong. Spiritually, we knew that this was wrong. And eventually, the conviction pulled us out of that shame. See where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Or I could have said, divorce is great, sleeping around is great, imperfect follower of Christ, and put that in my Twitter bio. I could have done that instead. That's what Tiny Johnny is talking about. And just said, hey, that's my lifestyle choice. Merry Christmas. Remember the baby in the manger. Except the Lord looks at us and he says, why do you call me Lord if you do not do what I say? It is one thing to be wrestling with your demons. It is another thing to promote them. And demand that other people stop wrestling with them as you have. And that's what Rick Grinnell is doing. And I think he'll probably be on a short list to be Trump's VP if he's the nominee. Wouldn't shock me if he was the VP. Might even be a great VP. I don't know, he's a really good department of DNI. But if if you are happy and contented with the things in your life that you know are not God's will for your life. And you're not hiding them. You're not ashamed of them. 
They're not things you wish you could just let go, but you just can't because there's a part of your flesh that just craves and desires them. And so you, you indulge them a little or at a, a time or two when no one else is around just to make that desire, try to satiate for a while and then get back on the narrow road. That's the struggle of our flesh. That's the, that's the Roman seven struggle we all have. It's another thing to just succumb to that struggle and then actively use my platform to try to get other people to succumb to it as well. And that is what Rick Grinnell is doing. And that is about the most direct and personal explanation of what tiny Johnny was just trying to say that I am capable of offering you. Next up, we go to Chipper for some conversational whiplash. Top five steaks. Number five, the flank steak. You know, I tried, I hadn't really tried this before and I tried it at a restaurant about a year ago. I was pleasantly surprised, you know? And I also think it's kind of a deep pull to come up with flank steak, you know? So I'm going to admire the, I'm going to admire the pull and buy it. I like it. I'm I'm not prepared to say no to steak right out of the gate. <laughs> I, I'm going with it. <laughs> Number four, New York Strip. It's classic. Uh, it's impressive that it's only four. Yeah, See, it's this a classic. Is what yeah. The glory of steak. Behold. Indeed. Indeed. Number three, ribeye. Uh, I'm a big ribeye guy. I like ribeye, so yeah. I'll buy on that. You amen, bet. amen. I say to you. Number two, porterhouse. Uh, porterhouse it, it, is the one that's I'm trying. The to giant think. one. The, 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 no, that, that, that's the big one. Right, right. right. That, yeah. I also. I also think this might be a little too high. Yeah, I would have ribeye ahead of porterhouse. Yeah. I would. But I'll, it, I'm fine with it being on the list, sure. And number one, filet mignon. Uh, extremely tender meat. Cut it with a fork. So I'm, I, I would be in. There's a dish that was kind of made. You want to buy or sell on filet mignon too? I would, gonna, I would I, flip I, filet mignon and ribeye just because yeah, filet right. mignon is so small. I got to yes. have, I gotta, it's yes. got to fill I my I want stomach. a bigger piece yeah. of steak. I, I had a piece when, when Amy and I went to Vegas last spring for our 25th wedding anniversary. We went to a Japanese steakhouse there in our casino that we were staying at, the Aria, and uh, had real, not the, there's a, there, a, lot of, a lot of times they'll call it American Wagyu. That's what mm-hmm. it's called, right? Okay. This is actually was the imported stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. It was it was 50 bucks for a four ounce cut of this meat. And Amy's like, you'll never forgive yourself if you don't do it. Plus, this will just give me permission to go into one of the shops and spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, it was 50 bucks, 50 bucks for four ounces of meat. I cannot tell you how good that was, man. I mean, it was like, it was, had the, it was like the texture of meatloaf. Just sitting here cutting it with a fork and it's just crumbling off your fork. Yeah. But the taste was just profound. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, like another layer of, like there's, there's certain ways you can lift weights and you get secondary muscles that you wouldn't get, you know, the normal mm-hmm. way. This was like secondary taste buds I did not know that I had, like came alive. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that's got to be on the list somewhere for sure. And then Steak de Burgo. That's a dish that we kind of oh, yeah. created here in Des Moines with a local steakhouse. And if you ever come to Iowa for any event, the caucuses, the fair, anything to stalk us, make sure you go to Johnny's Italian Steakhouse. It kind of originated there. Go to Johnny's Italian Steakhouse and get the Steak de Burgo. Anytime people come here for the caucuses, I always tell them, go to the Machine Shed for breakfast and Johnny's Italian Steakhouse at night for dinner and get the Steak de Burgo. Next up, we go to Jacob Arthur, who just has this, the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. 
I did just see a couple of things. Rick Warren's church Saddleback, they voted to stay the, I think, the executive committee action to eject them from fellowship. I just saw... Then, then I'm a sell. They, 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 they ejected. Oh, Saddleback. they sustained it. Because yeah, stay sustained to me it. means they gave them... I'm a, sorry. Did I okay. say stay? Yeah, I meant yeah. sustained. Okay, sustained. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they sustained that action. So that's a good thing. And then I just saw there was some sort of language about uh, female pastors that was um, added just clarifying or reaffirming scriptural teaching. Okay, then I'll passed. buy. I'll buy. Okay, good. Okay, Daughter's because going to one of these schools, so I hope so. I, I just, uh, I, I cannot think though of a more apropos epitaph for the American church than perhaps the wealthiest celebrity pastor the Southern Baptist Convention ever produced, Rick Warren. In his final lap around the track on this planet, deciding to cash in all of that celebrity in order to try to drive the Southern Baptist Convention to heresy. I, I can't think of... At the very moment, as Aaron said, I think during the... When, when bug-eyed, liberal, elite, white woman Karen is just running roughshod over civilization and grooming children, you're just like, no, I yes. think let's give them pulpits. No. Next up, Grant Isaski. Trump's current and pending indictments ultimately helps DeSantis's case rather than hurt it. I think that's in the eye of the beholder. I think that's entirely subjective. I, I think, I, again, I, 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 yeah, I am I, not I'm comfortable selling. having conversations about how things work to politicians' advantages. I want us to have more conversations about how they can work to ours. That's what I want to know. Okay, I want, I want to know how they work... I'm going to tell you right now. If we don't win the next election. And when I say we, I'm not talking about Republicans. I'm talking about non spirit of the age Marxists. Whatever stripe that may be. Which is why I am fine acknowledging Rick Grinnell was a great department of or was a great DNI director while rebuking him for for advancing heresy. I'm fine. I'm fine walking and chewing gum like that at the same time. Fair. Mm -hmm. I'm fine doing it. Because in the, in, the, in the earthly plane, we're largely on the same team against largely the same enemy. I'm fine acknowledging that. Well, I'm not going to affirm his, him being a heretic at the same time. That's what I mean by we. If we don't win the next election, guys, <laughs> I don't even want to say out loud what I think is possible. Because there are things happening now I wouldn't have wanted to speak into existence just a few years ago. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. I mean, I don't know. We've got, we've got tranny, topless trannies cavorting through the White House grounds. I mean, maybe we just have, um, uh, maybe we just have uh, male dominance show up with the dog collars around their pederast uh, 12-year-old, their 13-year-olds that they're grooming. For the next uh, for the next four years, I, I, I who knows, you know, just hey, this is my this is my this is my this is my uh, submissive, and it's a thirteen year old boy. I, I, we have to win. I'm just going to tell you right now, as much as I prefer DeSantis generationally, and off the way that he and, and the level of discipline and governance he has, if, if 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 in a few months from now you show me that Donald Trump's winning the primary by forty points and and he's had a thirty point swing of independence at the same time, I'm going to tell Ron DeSantis, I think, brother, we need to see you again in a few years. We got we have to win. If we don't win this one, guys, 
I don't want to contemplate what we're going to see. And I think for us to win, we need to talk about what's best for us. Not them. Not them. Ron DeSantis could get hit by a truck tomorrow. Donald Trump could, is, is, is in his age group just too many Big Macs, and this is the big one, Melania. I mean, what's in it for us? Damn it, what kind of a populist movement sits around and talks about what's best for the elites all the time? What's in it for us? Let's, let's try populism. Let's try it, maybe. Not themism. What's in it for us? Who's best for us? And I know this person, I'm sure, means well. So this is just, this isn't a frustration at him. I, I don't want to be taken that way. So if it is, I apologize. It's, it's a generic, general, all day long I get flooded in my inbox, in my Twitter feed, in my Facebook, about what's best for a particular group, for a particular politician or a group of them. No. What is best for us? Before I'm America first, I'm Dace first. Family first. You should be too. What's best for us? You're here. Coming up in the overtime today, we have a top 10 list of Lindsey Graham's favorite song titles and an honorable mention that might get me fired. <laughs> the fact that I just... I love the fact that I just emptied the tank of my own frustration, and then you responded with, what I'm going to do next may get me canned. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just saw the boss is really on edge, so let me go ahead and push him further. First chance I get. All right, the Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation will join us next. Stay tuned. So we started, as we've been previewing, we started Amy on Relief Factor. After there's a certain amount of um, uh, prescription medication she had to take post-operation. And we didn't want to, we didn't, we, I didn't, you know, I'm not Pfizer. I really wanted to do a, an actual study to see how she, things turned out. So we didn't start Relief Factor while she was on the post-op medication. We waited until she was done. So now it's just the only thing she's taking right now for pain now is Relief Factor. And we're going on two weeks of it. And I mean, she's feeling great after the knee surgery with the bone spurs and everything else. She uh, went to physical therapy the other day. They're very pleased with her range of motion. Uh, she's moving around very well. Um, so, so far, you know, we're not through the full three-week quick start yet with her and Relief Factor, but so far, Relief Factor is doing the thing. I mean, this is, I mean, she's telling me this is the best her knee has, her knees as a total, including the one that wasn't operated on, have felt you know, in all the years we've known each other. So uh, put them to the test yourself at Relief Factor. Do the three-week quick start, just nineteen ninety-five for the all-natural anti-inflammatory. Why does that matter? Because a lot of what you are dealing with, chronic pain, comes from too much inflammation in the body. And Relief Factor 
helps do this in a way that doesn't put a bunch of strain on your liver with taking a lot of other prescription or over-the-counter drug medications. Made by physicians who can prescribe drugs, but they came up with a formula that was drug-free. Try it for three weeks to see if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less in your pain at relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com, just 20 bucks. What do you got to lose for 20 bucks at relieffactor.com? Let's welcome in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. It is good to see you, my friend. How are you? We are doing all right, Steve. This is the turning point week, isn't it? It's a turning point week every week, brother. It's a turning point week every <laughs> week. So a few days ago, JAMA, which is as spirit of the age compliant of the science journal as you can get, what it found just looking at CDC's uh, uh, COVID vaccine data from 2021. So when there was at least some limited efficacy at the early stages against the original strain of the virus to factor into the the risk and reward ratio of taking it or not. What it found is there was a 13,200% greater chance that young men between the ages of 12 and 24 would get myocarditis after a second injection of mRNA than if they never took it. 96% of them had to be hospitalized. Now, 87% of them, I believe, um, recovered, which means 13% did not. But an, an important point about the 87% that recovered, and I made this earlier, Daniel, is, yeah, they recovered largely because of their youth and health now, but heart disease is the number one killer in, in the country. They have added on the back end, there is now more tread on their cardiac yeah. tires than otherwise would have been there. And so maybe they're jogging, they, they would have been jogging with their kids at 52, and now they're not. Okay, because of what went on here between the ages of 12 and 24. And that was from JAMA. I want to get your thoughts on that study. And then you wrote today about more information that kind of comes under the category of what did Pfizer know and when did they know it? So, Steve, let, let's not forget, this is all for a cohort of people who are never in danger from COVID. Right. So it is a straight up, upfront known negative cost benefit outcome and then that was before the negative efficacy kicked in, which is just self-evident at this point. You had that mockery CDC conference in Atlanta where all the most vaccinated people in the world, literally employees of CDC, had an outbreak because they had uh, so much uh, uh, gene juice in them, whereas nobody's having these outbreaks now. But I would say is we have three very strongly peer-reviewed studies now out on subclinical myocarditis that have shown up to 40% of the individuals that age group who took it, male or female, by the way, Switzerland study actually found more in females, have some degree of subclinical myocarditis or some sort of marker. Mm -hmm. Again, I like the way you said that, putting tread on the tire. That is the most sensitive organ that you are gratuitously creating a greater risk at a time when we're already you know up to our knees in, uh, in heart disease trying to see how to deal with it. It's literally the biggest pro-life issue of our time i mean this to get to the bottom of this but steve i'll tell you i would say in six to nine months the last six to nine months we have made zero progress politically in advancing the ball despite every day this stuff comes out i don't even have time to keep up with it and you know you want to talk about the next thing it's not just a study here a study there okay it's the amalgamation of epidemiological data of case studies, academic studies, all-cause mortality death, all-cause birth uh, data, mm-hmm. uh, life insurance data. We have health insurance stuff from from uh, 
Germany. We have all sorts of surveys, polls. And then you have the pharmacovigilance programs from Europe, from theirs. And then we have documents brought to you by Pfizer themselves. So there is a document that I have it right here, 393-page document. It was labeled confidential. It's from Pfizer, but the European Medicines Agency uh, held it. They have every six months, they require a post-marketing pharmacovigilance. So the last update we have is as of, the data is as of July, 2022. So almost a year ago, it was published or it was dated August 19th, 2022. This is a long time. So imagine going a year with a document like this. There were over, this is Pfizer. Okay, this is Pfizer. So it's not theirs. This is Pfizer's observation in their sphere of monitoring. I don't have an exact number, but I estimated by the number of pages and, and entries on each page. There are over 10,000 categories of nearly 1.6 million adverse events, most of them serious, some of them devastating and often extremely rare that they observed just in the Pfizer shot. Uh, obviously, it doesn't account for Moderna or AstraZeneca. And so, again, over a third of them, they designated as serious, which uh, Dr. McCullough told me in the industry. So regardless of what the denominator is and the totality of how many injuries you have, but if you have more than 15% of the sum of AEs being serious AEs, that in itself is a marker. So it's about 35% are serious. That in itself is a huge, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, usually, yeah, we know, like, this thing causes diarrhea. This thing might give you some headaches. Um, when you start seeing that, it's like, whoa, this is boundless. Where is this coming from? Um, women are three times more uh, re uh, represented in the report than men. 60% um, of cases were reported that the outcomes were either unknown or definitively not recovered Wow. Um, as of that point. So these are not transient. The highest number of cases occurred in the age bracket of 31 to 50, and 92% did not have comorbidities. So it's very hard to explain away, well, it's just, you know, coincidence. It's just, you know, it's, it's the, you, you haven't proved a causal effect that, you know, the people who got these ailments after the shot actually w was caused by the intervention. Let me just give you some examples. I counted up the vascular disorders. There's 264 categories of vascular disorders, numbering over 73,000 cases. There are, um, 700,000 cases of nervous system disorders. So that's that, that I think is the most, the nervous system. That's your like auto antibodies, your body attacking itself. Um, I don't have an exact number, but but looks to me four or 500 different categories. Interestingly enough, in our book, chapter 16, we have Maddie DeGarry. So she had, um, it took two years to even diagnose because insurance won't cover the doctor. So they're too scared to put that as a diagnosis. But she finally got it, and it was chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. I think I got it right. And that's basically a, an extremely rare, nasty thing that just causes your nervous system to just attack 
the body. And, and Matt, that's why Maddie, at the age of 12, is in a wheelchair, has a hard time breathing, moving. Her whole life is destroyed as a result of it. That's extremely rare, extremely mm-hmm. rare. Mm-hmm. They knew of six. I, I looked for that one. They have 68 cases of that ailment there. Um, 225,000 skin disorders, 47,000 ear disorders. We know the Mayo Clinic admitted that tinnitus is a um, very common thing. Tinnitus could be devastating. Um, not necessarily life-threatening, but, I mean, people want to kill themselves from it if it's if it's bad enough. 61,000 eye disorders. When the hell do you ever see eye disorders from a vaccine? Again, that's the lipid nanoparticles getting it through all the blood barriers and up to your eye, which is insane. Um, 190,000 cases of respiratory disorders. Um, 178,000 cases of reproductive and breast disorders. And that includes males, too. So I found 506 cases of erectile dysfunction. Um, Dr. Ryan Cole once told me that somehow the microclotting, you know, makes it that the thing can't can't do its thing. Um, 77,000 psychiatric disorders. Um, a lot of people just kind of go nuts after getting the shot. Uh, Dr. McCullough has uh, observed a lot of research on this. 3,700 cases of tumors, both benign and malignant. 127,000 cases of cardiac disorders. Um, and over 100,000 cases of blood and lymphatic disorders uh, accounted for. And and the thing is that one of our friends, Aaron, he's a listener to both of our shows, and he worked this together with the Brownstone Institute. They compiled a list of 3,129 peer-reviewed case studies. So that's when you actually delve into an individual case, the timing, the pathophysiology, the, the clinical observations – 3,000 case studies that cover every single organ system, all of them represented in this Pfizer document. So this is Pfizer's own document. They knew about this from day one, Mm -hmm. and this is just the tally as of last July. And Steve, this thing is still, still being marketed to uh, promoted. Pregnant women are being pressured to get it. They have the next genre of RSV shots. We are nowhere nowhere along the road to implementing any of the ideas we called for. One of the things that I am really bothered by, I was in Boise two weeks ago at an event for We the Patriots USA, and there was a line of people waiting uh, to meet me. And a lot of them, uh, people who had suffered because of the jab, lost their jobs, careers, people with tears in their eyes, how many emails people like you and I have received the last few years, whether it's my grandmother died alone in lockdowns, I lost my business, um, I've got tinnitus, as you pointed out, I, I, um, we had a miscarriage, um, my, my dad was perfectly healthy, got the jab, uh, and then just died suddenly out doing the same jog he's been doing every day for 30 years. And there, there seems to be, I don't know if you feel it, but, but I feel this pressure among a lot of our colleagues and even frankly among a portion of my audience to just forget all of this. And the yeah. only suffering that matters is, is, is suffering that occurs to Donald Trump. Now, hey, I, For sure. I, I think the suffering that is going on with Donald Trump absolutely matters. Absolutely does. But I also think the suffering that he helped to cause matters. There are 10,000 small businesses in this country that were erased by his, the lockdowns he helped them implement. All of this stuff comes from the check, the, the, the blank check that he wrote, Pfizer and Moderna, to create these genetic serums that are poisonous toxins. And what bothers me is this idea 
that, and it works every way. Like I had someone send me a, a note a minute ago and buy a seller hold. I think this works to DeSantis. No, I don't care. I don't care. No. I don't care. I don't care who's, no, it's, a, it's, it's about us, man. When does it get to be about us? I, I what, am what, what, fine. The, the Trump supporters Trump. that sat there for two years dying in a D.C. gulag because they wore a Minnesota Vikings uh, mascot uniform instead of Nancy Pelosi's chair. When's it about them? When, when is it about that, us? Why, is it, why, why do we care more about the suffering and the angles of politicians than we do ourselves? Yeah, I'm America first. You know what I am before I'm America first, dude? Dace first. Family first. And you mentioned Peter McCullough. He was in Boise with me, and he said something to me, and I'll leave you with this. I'll have a minute. Sorry for you to respond. Sure. I, didn't, I just looked at the clock. He said, what blew me away traveling the country the last two years, Steve, is how many people just want a king. Yep. Yep. And, and the reason is because it's not bad enough. I, I just did a show an hour ago and juxtaposed an email from a captain in the Air Force who to this day is getting discriminated against. By the way, uh, the House Armed Services Committee could totally deal with this, uh, but just because they're not kicking them out of the military doesn't mean they're not discriminating against them to this day because of the shot. And then I also talked about I had this landowner on from South Dakota who has this carbon capture green energy Agenda 2030 pipeline that they want to put through his property. They brought him to court. They accused him of threatening to kill the surveyors when he wasn't even doing that. And they created a hundred foot restraining order on his own land that he can't go near the surveyors. This is in freaking South Dakota when the governor could call a special mm -hmm. session mm -hmm. and support the legislation to block this. I mean, but the problem is I asked him how many people and he said it's a hundred people. How many people in the military are affected by this at this point? A thousand maybe? It's not enough. So they're, they're, the number of people that are quite literally fighting for their lives or it's evident to them that they are is strategically small. The rest of us, obviously, it ain't bad enough because if you're worried about your political candidate or the political outcome rather than your outcome, clearly that's the biggest thing on your mind because clearly your personal stakes are not deep enough. Thank you, my friend. Always good to see you. God bless you, man. Appreciate your work. Take care. Take care. Gentlemen, your thoughts before we sign off uh, here. You know, he's preaching my language at the end. It's not, it's not bad enough. That's just what I would have told you about uh, vac vaccination in general before COVID even it came along. Uh, and it's it, it's it's the COVID virus in and of itself designed in a Wuhan lab. It couldn't it, it couldn't by definition be the apocalypse if this was intentional. It had to just be bad enough to do its true aims, to control us, to lord over us, to do a psyop on us. Dan boy, th th what Daniel just said there, roll it back and listen to it again, because it defines whether he's talking about COVID or something else, how you are being ruled right now. And what Steve said about Dr. McCullough, we just want a king. Yeah, that is that's the existential virus. It's spiritual in nature. I don't care whether we're talking about the spirit of the age or whatever spirit infests what's left of America or what's not, you know, taken over by that. There is a spiritual sickness, disease, if you will. And at the end of the day, until that changes, until there is true repentance, none of the rest. <laughs> I don't care if you want to talk about Donald Trump or who benefits from what. None of, none of that matters one jot or tittle until we really seek repentance on a critical mass level. And that's just not there. It's, it's just not there.
it needs to be about us and not about them. To quote one of my all-time favorite movies, man, they come and they go, Hobbs. They come and they go. The names will change. We're the constant. We're still here. It needs to be about us, not about them. And if we don't win this next election, man, we are going to learn that in the harshest terms possible. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.